In the last three or four months, we've been inundated with new owners wanting to get into our property management program. It's been crazy. And I wanted to talk to someone in the US to find out what the landscape is like down south for owner acquisition and who better to talk to than Brooke Fouts of Vintory. Brooke's been on the show a couple of times before and I just wanted his take on what's changed, what's new and what we can expect in 2022. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you once again. Hey, it snowed this morning. I was sitting in my kitchen looking out the window and there it was, just the flakes coming down. And within a few minutes, it was thick, thick snow. Didn't last very long and I am sure it's not going to come back for you know any continuous period of time over the next few weeks. Well, it's a better not because I'm heading down south with an RV and I want to get out to Dodge before the winter comes. But it certainly was a little bit of a wake-up call that winter is on its way. And you know, usually at this time of year, our business is super quiet. After our Thanksgiving here in Canada, which is the second Monday in October, We expect things to really tone down until we get into the mid-December period and and we start seeing some winter and people start to get out and take advantage of the the ski hills and the cross-country trails, etc., which can often happen a couple of weeks before Christmas. But this year, we have seen something entirely new, something we've never seen at this scale before, and that is owner acquisition. So, the, the way it normally goes is that we get most of our owners coming on board in the spring. We go to the Cottage Life Show in Toronto. We meet a ton of people who are looking to buy properties or have just bought them. They're just closing. They're doing their renovations and they're all going to be ready for the summer. And maybe that goes on through uh, April, May, and then it begins to slow down a little bit as you know those people who've, who've bought places maybe use them throughout the summer. And then they open them up for rental from September onwards. And we get a we get a small amount of new owners through the fall. It, it's always nice to take them on because we can start marketing them for the following year. This year has just been completely crazy. We have had, well, let me put it in perspective. In a normal year, we would perhaps get two or three new owners a week through the fall, if we're lucky. And that's it, that's inquiries. In the last six weeks, if we get to 11 o'clock in the morning and we haven't had three new owner inquiries, then we start sending Slack messages and saying, anybody here from any new owners? Because I think the, uh, you know, something's drying up here. Because our average at the moment is three new owners a day. And that's over, uh, even even with my rubbish maths, it's over 20, 20 a week. 
And sometimes in some weeks, we've been hearing from 30 or more owners in a week. That's not to say we are taking on 30, 20 or 30 owners a week. You know, this is just the the lead phase, the inquiry phase. And many of these are people who are actually looking to buy and they're doing the research before they do. And some of our owners have been making multiple bids or bids on multiple properties because they'll put in a bid and they'll be outbid over and over again. I had one owner I spoke to the other day who'd been outbid on five separate properties and they were now putting in another bid on another property and now going at 25% over asking just in the hopes that they might sneak in above the next highest bidder. It's just beyond belief the way the market is going and it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. So we've had to take a completely new approach to how we manage these new owner acquisition because we're not out there seeking them. They are coming to us. I wrote a blog post a while back, which was just called How to Rent Out Your Cottage. That is bringing a ton of traffic in. I Googled it this morning. It was number one on the page for that phrase, How to Rent Out Your Cottage. And we've also had a lot of uh, press over the last year or so. And we include information on where we appear in the media all over the place. And of course, that gives that credibility. People who are thinking about renting out their places are looking us up. They're going to our media page or our About Us page, and they're seeing that we are constantly being quoted in the media. And I've talked about this a lot. You know, if you can get out there and get some stories out there to the media, they quote you, you get onto TV or on the radio or in print. And you can put all that on your website and all of a sudden you are credible to your prospective owners. So there's a ton I could talk about this side of the business because it really fascinates me. We cannot, as managers, operate our business without those owners. So they are completely vital to everybody's business. So this is really important, regardless of whether you are just starting out or whether you've got 400 properties. You're still out there looking for more, aren't you? So today my guest is Brooke Fouts of Vintori. He has been in the industry for over 15 years when he founded Vantage Resort Realty in Ocean City, Maryland. And he grew that company to more than 500 properties in just five years. I mean, I compare that to my little company, which is around about 170 now. And we've been going 20 years, although we we have been capping at 200 and we've been up there and we've fallen back. And anyway, I'm telling you about Brooke. So, you know, after he sold Vantage Resort Realty, he went on and did consultation with other vacation rental brands, growing their inventory. And then he started Vintory, which is the only outsourced business development agency in our industry that's dedicated entirely to helping professional property managers add new homes to their programs. And that is all they do. They help managers grow their inventory. So I'm super delighted for the third time, I think, to welcome Brooke Fouts to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Well, hello, Brooke. Thank you so much for joining me again. It's great to be here again. Thank you, Heather. Well, it's been... 
it's been a while and it's been a roller coaster of a time. I mm-hmm. mean, we, last time we talked was not on the podcast, but when we were talking business was probably back in June, I think. Maybe was, earlier, yeah, were, May, May. Yeah, May. You were you were still on lockdown and not knowing what was going to happen to your season. Yes, we were we were in sort of panic mode. Although I'd never get into panic mode. It's always you know there will always everything will t- everything works out. You know, it's all really and, perfect on the day. <laughs> and it apparently it did for you. <laughs> it did. It did. We we opened up on the beginning of June and we were a hundred percent occupied right throughout. At, at one point, six hundred families on a waiting list for a for, oh, for a rental and you know prices rose by in some cases 50% because some prices you know some places hadn't had a a rate rise for a while and then we were able to put a you know fairly substantial rate rise and guests didn't seem to care because everybody was doing the same thing and it it it's a it was a good shift i think in the market it actually brought it to the right level it's it's sort of at equilibrium now Something I want to talk about because we can't make predictions for 2022 for so many reasons up here, and I'm sure that's going to be the same for you. So, what's been what's been up with you then over the past sort of four or five months? Yeah, no, it's been a good uh, good run, a good four or five months of inventory. We've been growing like crazy, adding more and more partners, um, and just uh, absolutely loving this space more than ever. So uh, it's been uh, it's been good, and I absolutely love it. Um, I in, I just did the introduction and sort of said, gave a little brief intro as to what Vintory does. And, and I think I said, you know, that's all you do. You help property managers grow their inventory and that's it. You know what my dad told me a long time ago, there's riches and niches and uh, <laughs> our, our, our niche is one thing and one thing only. And that's helping professional vacation rental managers grow their inventory. So we don't do anything with OTAs. We're not doing anything with marketing and distribution. We're not doing anything with operations we know our lane and we're staying in it. And as uh, I think the founder of Strava said, it's like an inch wide, mile deep. That's that's our goal. So I have no no plans, no expectations going into any other verticals. Yeah, that sounds great. And you are, I know how good you are at what you do, because I hear from so many people who are working with you. And you are the person to come to, to talk about acquisition, owner acquisition. Because, you know, I, I've said what what's happening up here in, in Ontario is that there are so many people buying uh, recreational property. Every one of them now seems to want to do rental as part of their investment strategy. Every single one. Uh, and I, what I hear from people is that they're paying so much over the asking yep. that they're having to do rental to meet those uh, financial commitments. So what are you seeing in the US in terms of owner acquisition? Let's say in the past 18 months, you know, through the pandemic. Well, and everything is always local, but we are seeing across the board from many of our partners, a couple of things. First is many owners are coming in with much higher expectations, uh, not only on obviously the, you know, the maintenance of the property and, you know, the, the delivery of the property and things like that, but also the financial expectations. They're kind of walking into it of, hey, I was promised that this property would throw off a, you know, 20% cash on cash return or a 10 cap, you know, return rate. And they're, yeah, I've heard one partner say that as much as 50% of all his owners coming in now are just investors. They don't, they have, they don't have any desire to spend one night in the property. I think I've heard the quote 1031 dumpers, you know, referring <laughs> to 1031 tax exchange. 
And it's just more and more uh, investors are coming into the space. And I've even, I actually personally spoke to this young couple. They listened to me on a, a different podcast, or maybe it was your podcast. And they said, yes, we want to, we want to, we want to build a portfolio of homes all over the world. And we just want to fund it through, you know, putting on, I'm putting air quotes here, putting it on Airbnb, right? That was their, you know, their expectations. And I'm like, okay, well, do you have a fund? Do you have any kind of cash to do this? Oh no, not really. Um, you know, <laughs> they just feel like they could just, you know, get a no money down loan and put it on, on, uh, you know, on a listing channel and there you go. Now they just built up a portfolio of homes around the world. It's easy as that. Right. So we are seeing a lot of, uh, you know, more and more investors definitely coming into the space. Uh, and look, say what you will about Airbnb, but Airbnb has definitely opened up a lot of people's eyes to the wonderful world of vacation rentals. So I think overall, it's been pretty good for the industry overall. Yeah, I remember a, a, a VRMA conference, and it was it was quite some years ago, and and actually probably was a long lot 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 of years ago because it was Carl Shepard that was talk, from HomeAway uh, talking about the share of um, visibility in the accommodation market. And we just achieved about 30%. 30% of the US population knew what a vacation rental was at that what time. Is what is it now? Do you know? Well, I would think it's more than 100% now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although, having said that, I, I took on board a new owner a week or so back, and she had, she had sort of heard of Airbnb, <laughs> but, but she didn't really know what they did. And she had never heard of Verbo. Wow. Okay. So, uh, so that that was quite interesting. You know, there there are people out there who perhaps don't don't have the knowledge that we do. We think everybody must know this, but it's really interesting. So you've uh, you went to the VRMA conference uh, a couple of weeks ago. You had your own session before the conference with your partners. Uh, how did that go? It went great. Yeah. So we, we have uh, one of the benefits of Inventory is we've created a community of what we call masterminds. And I know because you're in, in one of those masterminds that we get a group of eight to 10 individuals and, you know, in non-competing markets and everybody signs a, a NDA uh, and, you know, kind of a pledging their, you know, uh, confidentiality. Um, and we go over any kind of business issues and opportunities that they have. And it's re- really nice to have kind of a, a peer group that you can go over any kind of challenges, right? You can only go to your spouse so many times and complain about owners or complain about, you know, uh, HR issues or, you know, making payroll or something like that. So it's nice to have this peer group that you can kind of meet with. And um, we've been doing this all remotely, you know, once a month. And we have about, I think uh, we're up to like nine or 10 of these groups. And again, of eight to 10 per, per group. And we were actually able to kind of come together and um, all meet in person. We rented out a hotel room right across the street from where Verma was. And we had a, uh, a great, great time. Had some great speakers and presenters. We had Matt, you know, the, the one, the only Matt Landau, of course, who had this great, great session on where we just, you know, kind of went through any kind of business challenges and kind of a speed round on how to solve it. And that was fantastic. The only, the only bad thing about that session is it didn't last long enough. We should have uh, actually allocated half the, you know, retreat just for that. 
And then we had a, an EOS facilitator. If you're not familiar with EOS, it's entrepreneurial uh, operating system. We had an EOS facilitator come in and kind of teach and coach about how to run an operating system. Because if you think about it, most vacation managers have been thrust into this industry. They don't have training. They didn't go to business school. And honestly, I went to business school and I don't have the training that I learned in EOS. And I, I think it should be something that's included in every MBA program or every undergraduate business school program, because it tells you realistically how to run a business. And it's simple and it works. So we brought in an EOS facilitator to teach that. We've been in, um, and you know, we're big fans of culture index, which is the, um, and, and predictive index, which are the psychometric personality assessments to make sure you have hired the right people uh, on your team. And then uh, not only hired the right people, but you have them in the right seats, right? And these tools like predictive index and culture index really, you know, help you make sure you have that right person in the right seats, but not only that, but how to manage them and how to lead them, which is, you know, half the battle too. So we brought in a, a culture index facilitator and then we had uh, the other one and only uh, Doug Kennedy. Uh, so he came in and, you know, a lot of these sessions were about, um, you know, owner acquisition and, you know, and, and how to grow your inventory. But what Doug talked about, which is really interesting was how to uh, retain your owners, mm. right? So once you get your owners, you know, you got to keep them in your platform, keep them in your program, because as we always say, a save is a win, right? Keeping an owner in your rental program is just as important, if not more important than gaining a new one. And, and Doug talked about that. And then we had Dylan uh, Burgess in our, he's our vice president of mergers and acquisitions. We have a, an M&A division of inventory uh, helping uh, professional vacation managers either buy or sell uh, companies. And um, he kind of talked about like the current state of uh, the M&A in our industry, like what are current multiples right now? Um, what are some things you could be doing now, even if you're not ready to sell now, but positioning yourself in the future to make sure you maximize, uh, get the best dollar. So we had Dylan kind of do a session on some things you could do there. So it was a, it was fantastic. And we were exhausted after two days of that. And then we had to start Verma, <laughs> you know, for a couple of days. I remember one person saying, Oh my gosh, we gotta, we gotta be on for the next, uh, you know, three days. And, uh, it was exhausting, but just so invigorating as well. I'm so sorry. I missed that. I just, it was, it just, it was just too difficult to get out of, uh, yeah, out, of, I heard, out yeah. of Canada. I mean, so, it's not bad if you're going for a couple of weeks, but if you're going for a few days and you yeah. have to get this test to come back into Canada less than 72 hours out, and mm. it, it just, yeah. Well, I was supposed to go to Lake Annecy. Yes, I know. Well, I was supposed to go to Lake Annecy, uh, France. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. For Antonio's summit. And uh, we ended up making the decision last minute not to go. And it was partially the same, mm -hmm. same reason. It was so, you know, kind of challenging to come back. And my fear was we, you know, somehow tested positive for COVID. Then we're stuck in France at $700 a night, you know, and I have a friend, she got COVID and she was testing positive a month later for it. And I just had the fear of not being able to get out of France <laughs> <laughs> at $700 a night. Oh, I think there's, 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 there's some places that are worse <laughs> to get well, stuck you, in. You've you got a bigger bank account than me, so you can probably afford it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. Let's, um, so, so, so that's great. I was re really interested in Dylan. So what was he saying about multiples and about sales? Yeah. So he's, uh, so again, Dylan Burgess runs our M&A division and, uh, you know, he, he ran Vacasa's M&A department as well for a while. I don't know if he ran it, but he was, you know, high up in their department and did tons of transactions and has a ton of experience in that. But what we're seeing is there's a lot of activity 
Um, you know, people realize that there's a little bit of a boost right now because of, you know, they got the COVID bump, right? You know, they've, they've got that increased revenue. So they're maybe taking their cards off the table and possibly selling. We are seeing, you know, it's, you know, you're looking three to five times, you know, it's still the kind of that three to five mm-hmm. times. I would argue it's kind of, you know, inching up on the higher end of that uh, spectrum. Um, and we're also seeing multiples go up even higher if you have much higher you know, uh, EBITDA, right? So anytime you're getting north of a million dollars in EBITDA or more, those multiples are definitely going mm-hmm. up. And um, it's uh, it's a good time to be in the vacation rental, you know, business for sure. But I, you know, so I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm actually, I'm going to argue that you're going to see multiples continue to go up. And here's my thesis for this. It is because it is a great business. It is predictable recurring revenue even through, you know, all these recessions we've had. And, you know, I've been through, what do they say? Like we talk about these black swans, right? Like, you know, it's a black swan event, but in in my career, we've experienced three black swans, right? You know, Um, but it's, they still are like, you can't kill them. They're predictable recurring revenue. They're actually great margins. If you look at the margins, what falls to the bottom line as a percentage of not the gross booking revenue, but the actual revenue that you take, what you keep, what what you bring in, as a percentage of what falls to the bottom line, it's high margin business. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at, you know, cause I have a, I run a SaaS business, right? A software as a service business. And I'm looking the SaaS multiples are 10, you know, 10 X, not EBITDA, right? Not profits, but revenue. Mm-hmm. And the fact that vacation rentals are only three to five times EBITDA and, and it's a very similar business, right? You have a high margin business that's predictable and recurring. My argument is over time, vacation rental companies, the multiples are actually going to continue to go up. And that's why I also believe that so many, you're seeing so much private equity, venture capital come into our space right now because they've actually realized this. This is a predictable recurring revenue business model that is fantastic. So, And I think the, the pandemic has done a lot for the business too. It has. It. I, I was. I was looking at some some stats on length of stays and lead times, and and the fact that stay length is continuing to be longer. You know, it's it hasn't gone back yet to odd nights and weekends. You know, people are going for five plus days, staying longer and booking earlier. And, and I know well, in our market they're booking earlier because they. They've now been trained to book early because if they don't, they don't get it. Well, and I, I think I agree with you there. What I also see though is more and more businesses have realized, you know, they always had this impression that you couldn't work remotely. The employees would just not do anything but mm-hmm. watch, you know, uh, TV all day. But if anything, and I know a lot more businesses are going back to in work, but they're making it more flexible. And not only that, though, there's some businesses that realize that working from home does actually work. You know, Vintory, we've got 50 team members all over the world. We do not have, you know, you're looking at the worldwide headquarters of Vintory, yeah. and it's just me and my my 120-pound Greater Swiss Mountain Dog next to me. That's it. You know, so it's uh, you're going to see more and more companies do this. And we encourage our team members to, to go and travel. We actually will pay for two weeks per year for them to travel anywhere they want. And they can, if they want to actually fully take off, they can. Or if they want to work from that location, uh, they can as well. So we have a, a membership with Third Home, uh, which I'm a big fan of. I think we've talked about with you before. And we actually get, um, you know, we give uh, two weeks per per employee per year to travel with uh, with Third Home. I I love this. I've I've said before, you know, 
Were I 20 years younger, I'd be saying, Brooke, give me a job. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime, Heather. Just just let me know when. Um, Yes, it's one of the places I I talk to a lot of people, but I love the way that, you know, it's the way you you treat your employees, actually, and uh, respect them. Yep. For, for for the grand job that they do, and yeah, I mean we're we're uh, remote working have been since uh, 2014, I think. Before so, it was even cool. Yes, yes, we just I, I I just got fed up with people coming into my basement every day, <laughs> <laughs> and decided now as we were, as we were growing, I wasn't going to have bricks and mortar. You know, let's let's send people out to their own homes, and all my staff just absolutely love it. They just love working from home and we're super yeah. flexible because you can be that you can be in the business as long as we're covered for those, for those hours, you know, we what, have a, yeah, we have a saying, we measure uh, outcomes, not hours worked or where you work, you know, yeah, we, we manage them with KPIs, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so let's, let's get back on this, this yep. owner acquisition. Let's talk about Vicasa and other companies, not just Vicasa, but I do hear from property managers that, that you know, that it's a challenge. Um, Vacasa in the area, pulling on board owners with offers that the property managers can't meet. And what, what do you hear? What, what should property managers be doing in that, in that situation? Well, just, I think in general, I think people are realizing the value of supply and the value of inventory. And, I think we we went through this exercise right with you going when we were when you signed up for Vintory, kind of going through the value of adding one new property and what it was mm-hmm. worth. And I think what's happening now is more and more people are realizing, oh my gosh, there is there's a lot of value here to this property. So more and more companies are being more and more aggressive uh, in their marketing tactics. Um, but I would, and this is slightly off topic, but I would argue there's a much bigger market than just picking off and trading properties from one management company to another. Because at first off. If you look at the overall supply, you know, maybe, and I don't know what the exact number is, but maybe half of it is actually either being professionally managed or um, managed, uh, you know, by rent by owner. The other half of that supply is not being rented. So to me, it's a, it's a much bigger pie, right? Like how do we make the pie bigger? And mm-hmm. I think it's going after those owners that have never rented before, that have not had plans to. Um, and, and just going over kind of the benefits of your program and how, you know, you can help, you know, kind of uh, with their pain points and things like that. Uh, the other side of it is the, the rent by owners, right? So if you have now this, you know, 50% of the available market that's actually is being rented, uh, either by RBOs or other professional managers, managers going after those rent by owners, because at a certain point, they're going to get fed up with it. There's some are, they're going to get fed up with it. And how do you especially as you have Airbnb being so aggressive right now, trying to increase their supply, right? Because they realize there's a supply demand problem right now where there is way more supply than there is Mm -hmm. uh, or way more demand than there is supply. So if they can make that pie bigger, so they're going to get, you know, Oh, this is easy, right? I just put it on Airbnb. How hard is, can it be? Right. And and we've gone through this before, but at a certain point, you know, those owners are going to want to, um, they're probably going to end up flipping and that's available. The way I look at it, that's available supply for everybody. So, Well, we, we do it. I mean, we see this all the time because we're often asked that question. What can you do as a property manager that I can't do myself with Airbnb? And they have all these lovely guarantees. So we, we've just created material 
that we keep, you know, there's, there's, if they stay with Airbnb, well, that's fine. But we have continual nurturing of them because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sharing all my information on, on how to, you know, how to make your rental better. And mm-hmm. certainly how to make your rental better in that location, because I know that location. They're not getting that information from Airbnb. So it's a continual, it's a, it's a drip. It's a erosion of their focus on Airbnb when they're hearing from somebody else who's yeah. saying, you could do this and you could do this and make it better. And I'm not asking you for anything. And we're now seeing some of those coming to us. Well, that, what you just said there was, if you must, it sounds like you actually maybe did listen to my presentation that Verma, oh. even though you weren't there, maybe you got a recording of it, but I, no, no, I talked I about that. Is that what you talked about? <laughs> it is available, by the way, if you want to download it, it is available on my website, uh, Vintory.com, and uh, you can go to our resources and you can actually listen to the uh, the presentation. So, but what I talked about was, you know, you get, many people are not ready to buy meaning buy, meaning not ready to list with you. Maybe they want to try it on their own. Maybe they need to make renovations. Maybe they you know, want to spend a summer in it, something like that. But this is why it's so important to have a CRM that has marketing automation. So Vintory does, we have a CRM that has a marketing automation platform built into it that, does, that only works for, it's specifically designed for vacation home managers. But what we do is we found, Heather, many of our partners up to 50% of all the new deals that they are signing up didn't just sign up right away. Mm -hmm. They were dragged into that long-term nurturing sequence. So we have a stage specifically designed for those kind of prospects. You just drag it to long-term nurture. And if you have the right sequences and like we have set up, and if you have the right material like you do, like with all the content that you deliver and write and create, if you can share that and drip that over time, we've seen as much as 50% of those leads end up coming back to you and converting. It just, everyone is in a different phase of the buyer journey. You know, there might be three, four or five different phases. Our goal with every single marketing touch point is just to nudge them along one more stage further to the right, you know, further to that closed one stage. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's just, you, you never, ever lose a lead, never lose a lead, never archive it and t- until they tell you to remove them from your mailing list, which, so it, which of course you do. Yeah. Just keep at it. If you ask, if you, if you were to do one of your sessions with, I'm sure if you were speaking to be a couple thousand people in the room, you ask them say, Hey, how many of you have a database for your guests? Right. And I bet you 98% of them raise their hand. And then if I, if you asked the same question and said, okay, if you had, how many of you have a database and a CRM for your prospective owners? you might get 10% of the people actually raise their hand. It, but if you, again, look at the value of one new property owner and what that's worth. I mean, I, I asked this question this last spring. I said, if I gave you 10 more properties right now, would you have them booked? Almost every single person was said yes. You know what I mean? By the end of the summer, because it's they have way more guests. How many guests uh, did you have in your list? You said 600, 700 people on your guest list, waiting list. 600, you know I mean? yeah. yeah. Just waiting for something to come on board. The moment we, we were listing properties and having them fully booked within two hours. It's exactly my point. If I would give you 10 more properties at the beginning of the year, that would they be booked? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, uh, so I think such a great way of dealing with those those issues because I, th- I think particularly with smaller property managers that that they can become very quickly discouraged because they might go after 
other uh, owners who perhaps are with other agencies and and they're just not making any headway at all because they haven't got the credibility they haven't been around long enough yeah. But building up a store of information that they can share with new owners that have never rented out before, then that's that's the way in. At least that's the way I see as being the way in. Yep, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, looking ahead to 2022, we we keep being asked this. You know, I can can I raise my prices another 20 percent for 2022? And what's going to happen? And I and my my, my view for, for our area is, you know, our, our borders are open um, from November the 8th. We can go into the US, finally, by land. And people are getting out. I mean, I, I am crossing the border on November the 8th, the day it opens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not packing the RV. Oh, yes. Packing the RV. <laughs> I am packing up the RV. Yeah. Um, and a lot of other people will. And of course, inter- when international travel comes back. So we've got that on one hand, it's the unpredictability of what people are going to do. Are they going to start traveling again away from what they've found in the last two years? And I think this may be the same in the US market where we've seen interest in non-urban areas, rural areas really, really picking up. Is that going to be maintained and and secondly, the influx of inventory onto the rental market. So there's there's two things there that I think are going to perhaps combine to nudge that 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 supply demand ratio. So it's just so unpredictable. I, you know what? I'm going to take a contrarian point here. I actually think um, it's it's actually going to be slightly better, right? So. I think obviously we had a nice bump this last year, but again, first off, I have no idea, right? It's all, it's throwing darts at a dartboard at this point, but I think you're going to see, you know, continued growth. I think Sean Stewart said this best at the data and revenue management conference where he talked about like, once people get a taste of vacation rentals, yeah. they are not coming back. Right. So I, I love that. And I think more and more people are going to, you know, continue to stay in vacation rentals that historically were not. I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. We're actually going to have a good year. I actually, so here's some other things that we're seeing across the board with some of our, our markets. We're actually seeing a lot of people buy homes. So this is on the other side of it. They're buying these second homes, not to rent out just as a second home. So they're actually taking supply off the market, um, and just living in it. But what's going to happen is a couple things. First is, you know, they've, they did, they've done their one year, maybe two years of staying in the home. And then guess what? They're not using it as much. So we have a partner in Eastern Shore of Maryland. These are big, big, expensive, multi-million dollar homes. This is often their second or third home. They're, they're commuting for, they're driving in from like Northern Virginia or DC or, or Maryland. And what they're doing is they're just saying, yeah, I'm not going to rent it. But what's going to happen is, you know, their kids' activities are going to come up, their sports. I know, you know what I mean? Going from soccer field to soccer field. And this house is just sitting there vacant. And it's just a financial anchor, you know, and I think many of these investors, not investors, many of these people that bought these homes are now actually going to have to start renting them. Now, it may take a year or two, but I actually think you're going to see more and more supply come on the market. And look, I also think there is going to be some kind of correction at some point. Who knows? what? Well, we know it's going to happen at some point. It's just, is it, you know, 12 months or is it, you know, 36 months and more and more people that bought these big homes with a big mortgage are going to have to uh, fund it. And, you know, it's kind of like 2007 all over again. You know, I, I launched Vantage Resort Realty in 2007. 
And people thought I was crazy, you know, in the biggest financial crisis, you know, our country's seen in a long, long time. And it was probably the best thing for me to launch in 2007, because what we were able to do, many of the properties we picked up for the first time, or we picked up were first time uh, renters. They've never rented their homes out before, but they were forced to Mm -hmm. because of the financial uh, crisis. And to me, it actually helped us and benefited us by launching in a recession. So I think you're going to see when we have that kind of correction, you're going to, you're going to see more and more uh, supply go into the market. You made a good point um, earlier just about uh, people who discovered vacation rentals because there was no, nothing else. So we found up here that people discovered what was in their own backyard. You know, mm. These were the people who'd never been out of Toronto before, and then they were forced to stay home. Yeah. They couldn't go anywhere else. So, you know, well, let's open the gate and see what's beyond. And, mm. and we heard from so many people saying, I had no idea that we had this magical beauty just two hours outside the city. Well, let's only hope that you continue to get those guests coming back. You know, well, year this is year. it. This is it. And of course, you know, it goes back to nurture campaigns. You know, yeah. you experienced <laughs> it in the summer, now experience it in the winter. And I have to say, Brooke, it snowed here this morning. I have a video of really heavy snow. And it's Not just, even November 1st yet. No. <sighs> So, uh, so yes, so winter, winter is coming. We're, we're doing some really good marketing to get people into those properties, um, over the winter. And that, that sort of goes back to some of the new owners who have their expectations. And I think this is a challenge that every, uh, that every manager is facing is these sometimes unrealistic expectations from owners. And, and we've been hearing it, you know, how much rental can I get in the winter? I, I, I've, I've heard and my realtor told me. That was, I love that. My realtor told me, and it's like, oh no, really? I've got to listen to this one again. What did your realtor say? My realtor said I could rent so much in the winter. So, so we we have to we have to deal with those expectations at the moment. So, uh, I'm I'm assuming that that is the same all over. Yeah, definitely. And look, you know, I'm. I'm technically a realtor. I've had my real estate license since 2007, uh, you know, but sometimes some realtors will say whatever it takes to, to get the deal across the line. Um, most of them are good and, and do a good job, but sometimes they also just, they don't know, right? There's nothing worse than when somebody came to us uh, when I was managing properties and I was, uh, you know, someone came to us with a property and said, Hey, here we go. We just bought this property. The realtor said it would do great. You know, let's do it. And I had to like, sometimes tell them we wouldn't take their property. And they were like, what? But this, you know, we just paid a fortune for this property. And I'm like, well, I wish you would have come to me beforehand. And I could have told you, you know, the right properties and give you actual performance of different properties. Um, and then, you know, you could have, you know, purchased it that way. So we always prefer it that way, but that, that didn't happen a lot. But we've seen, you know, I just funny, I was just talking to a, one of our partners, uh, Matt Durrett with uh, Cozy Vacation Rentals. Great, great property manager. Has a really well-run business up in uh, Hill Country of uh, Texas. So it's about an hour north, 45 minutes north of uh, San Antonio, beautiful area, and just a really well-run uh, uh, property management company. But what he was telling me is, is setting the expectations sometimes for owners and where they think, you know, in peak season, they're getting these rates on weekends. And then when he ends up, you know, having to do, you know, dynamic pricing and lower pricing in the off season and in midweek, and they're upset why they weren't getting $800 a night. Now they're getting $200 a night. He has to like educate them on their seasonality. There's, you know, weekend rentals versus this, you know, it's just, so there is definitely an education process. And, uh, 
And he brought up an idea of actually creating like a guide, you know what I mean? That, that kind of goes over that, you know, you can kind of drip that out in advance. So at least they mm-hmm. kind of have that expectations, hopefully, you know, kind of coming into it. I'm glad you mentioned that, that whole education aspect for, for owners. And now we do that on our website. We provide articles and blog posts and I, I wrote an article called how to rent out your cottage. And, and I, looked it up this morning and it's number one on Google for that, uh, for that, for those right. keywords. And that's where a lot of our owners are coming from. Do you recommend that to, to your partners to get out there on their websites and talk to owners as well as rental guests? Always. I mean, the, you, you just nailed it right there. The fact you're getting, you know, four leads a day from inbound marketing, you know, and look, if you read any of, you know, uh, HubSpot's books on inbound marketing, it is the best long-term investment you can make into your business as far as, you know, either on the guest side or on the owner side, but specifically about this, talking about owner acquisition, 100%. But here's the problem, Heather, you know, better than anybody, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes effort. You have to do it day after day. You have to make time for it. What do most property managers not have? They don't have time, right? They're being stretched. They're wearing a hundred different hats. You know, they're playing HR one day, cheerleader the next day, revenue manager, guest relations, owner relations, you know, sometimes running out and delivering, you know, linens in the middle of the night like I used to. I mean, they don't have the time to sit there first off and just do, you know, proactive owner acquisition, but even to go through there and write content. So it's one of those things that's important, but not urgent. So what happens? It doesn't get done, Mm -hmm. right? So setting aside that time to do that is absolutely the best strategy. Inbound marketing, I'm forgetting the stat, but I I actually gave it in one of my presentations. It just talks about when HubSpot did that, they surveyed, I think it was 600 uh, marketing agencies and just talked about how much uh, cheaper inbound marketing is over the long haul. A lead than I, uh, than kind of a paid, uh, paid lead. But again, it's hard. It's, it's, it's difficult and it's challenging. So what I would recommend, and this is again, part of my presentation I gave at uh, VRMA this past year was if you want the crack version of inbound marketing, you know, the quick fix it's interactive content. So there's a, there's, you know, millions of different ways you can do interactive content. Uh, our good friend, yours and mine, David Angotti with SmokyMountains.com. He probably has one of the coolest interactive content features I've ever seen. It's the fall uh, foliage map, uh-huh. right? And you just the slider and it tells you that that website has been referenced by like the New York Times, uh, USA Today. I mean, you name any kind of major journal, it's been you know, highlighted. I think he gets like 10 million visits a year from that uh, interactive uh, map. So it's like, think about what do your owners want? What do your prospective owners want that you could create that interactive content, right? And then, you know, and look, this is not meant to be a session on this and I'm not the expert on it. And David would definitely be the the one to talk to, but it's then obviously getting picked up on those those Mm -hmm. channels. And and he has uh, floridapanhandle.com where he actually has like a shark tracker. So anytime there's a shark attack, he actually tracks it and, you know, reports on it. And then you can actually see he's got like a feed, like an API with all of this. Tr- so you can actually go to his website and see where all the sharks are being uh, throughout <laughs> the world. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. So, but what's going to happen is, guess what? There's going to be a shark attack at some point in the near future, and every major publication is going to talk about it. Every news station is going to talk about it, and hopefully, they have a quick little link to David's website, and that helps that build up that you know that brand and everything else. So, but anyway, so in the vacation rental space. What I would do for specifically for owner acquisition, it's like, what can you do? What kind of interactive uh, content can you create that kind of has that same effect? So two of the things that I highlighted during my presentation of VRMA was uh, an interactive calculator and an interactive map. 
So the interactive calculator, there's a great tool called Calconic. Uh, and hopefully you can push that out in the notes afterwards. And it's a very inexpensive, I think it's like less than 10 bucks a month. And if you can visualize and think a think of a calculator, you can create it mm-hmm. without having to know how to code or anything. So the use case that I would recommend for a vacational manager would be, you know, how your property will perform, right? You enter in a couple parameters like ADR, um, occupancy, maybe some basic expenses, and it'll spit out exactly how that property will either cost you or how well it will perform. You can show some investment returns, but that could also be a great tool to, you know, hopefully tamper down some of the expectations of some of these uh, owners that have been promised some some crazy numbers. So you can kind of just go through that uh, that cost there. And again, that, you don't need to know how to code. You just embed uh, right into your website mm-hmm. and you're simple. And the other one is um, Batch Geo for interactive maps. So we've done this for a couple partners of ours, uh, Matt Tezdahl, who I know you know, and CJ Stam. We built these for them. And what the interactive map is is through using Batch Geo, if you create a map, and what we would recommend you do, and what we did for Matt and CJ, was actually taking a list of the top twenty pro- rental pro- top twenty properties that are currently on the market. And you create a simple little pro forma for that property, right? And if you you can actually link it, so when somebody clicks, they can filter by number of bedrooms or location or whatever they want. And when they click on that little pin, a pro forma will pop up for that property. So think about it. When somebody now calls you and says, "Hey, I'm thinking about buying this property," or "I'm thinking these three different properties. Which one should I buy?" Everything's done in advance. It's ready mm-hmm. to go. You send them to the map and say, here, here, we've gone through every week, we go through the top 20 properties that are currently on the market. And we go through there and we build a performa for that property. And you can see specifically how they'll perform. Now, when properties were flipping, you know, every you know 24 hours, it kind of made it challenging uh, because you're constantly updating it. But it was a great tool. It saved, it, 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 there is obviously a little bit of setup time and getting it set up, but in the end, it saved them both a ton of time. Um, and again, you can lead gate it, meaning you can require them to maybe enter their email address to like maybe email the copy of the performance themselves. And now it becomes a lead tool too. So you can put them in your long-term nurturing sequences like we talked about before. Yeah, perfect. And, and just offering those things, as, as I mentioned earlier on, it's, it just creates that credibility. You're just not Certainly in our area, there's a there's a lot of people out there thinking, well, I can get in there and do this and just throw up a few, uh, a, a quick website with a couple of properties on there, but there's, there's no substance to it. And yeah. spending time and doing something like this creates that credibility for people. I will make sure I include Calconic and Batch Geo on the show notes. Perfect. Also, of course, on the show notes, I'm going to include Vintori and details of how people find you. But take a few minutes now, Brooke, and tell everybody that doesn't know, and there probably are people still out there, there may still be people out there who don't know what you do, uh, what Vintori actually does and and how it achieves what it, what it sets out to do. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate it again. And thanks for the time today. This is always, always fun chatting with you. So I uh, can't wait to see you in person again here after November 8th. Maybe you can stop by Baltimore on your way down. But uh, Vintory is a sales and marketing platform where we help vacational managers grow their inventory. So again, we don't do anything else with operations or guests. All we do is we, we, we know our focus and that's inventory acquisition. We do it really three ways. Uh, we do it. It starts with data. As much as 50% of all marketing just comes down to the list. Our goal is to build the largest database of vacation rental homeowners on the planet. 
um, and, and, and kind of nurturing that and getting the contact information for those people. The second part is we're a full marketing agency. So we are we have three copywriters, we have four data scientists, we have a couple of graphic designers, we have a whole digital marketing team. So we're a full you know digital marketing agency and regular marketing agency kind of at your fingertips. And then the last component is we're on software platform. So we've designed and built a CRM with marketing automation that ties all this together to specifically design to help you grow your inventory. So I, I, I really looked at this, you know, when I started this two and a half years ago, it was, if I were building another vacation rental management company again, like I did, like, what would it look like? What would that team look like? And I also looked at some of these large venture-backed companies. Like if you look at Vacasa, I think they have over like 170 some people in their business development team, right? And they have all those ancillary services. Well, how can I build the resources of that kind of a, a organization, but make it available for the average mom and pop, you know, shop, you know, smaller person, smaller company, and allow them to go head to head, toe to toe against the mm-hmm. big guys and win, right? And that's what we do. So for less than the price of a part-time assistant in the Philippines, you're getting a full team behind you and all the software behind you that helps you execute on that, on, you know, execute that that marketing and get new owners. And you know it's hard. You don't have the bandwidth. You are being stretched in a hundred different, you know, directions and wearing ten different hats. Um, so if you have that resources that help you do that in a proactive way. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we do. That, that, that to me is the perfect pitch. And, and of course I, you know, I can endorse this because I've, I've been a part of the Venturi onboarding process as, as your guys onboarded us as a property management company. It was awesome. I was blown away with the attention to detail and the commitment that, that the team put into it. Um, so, you know, I'm a happy customer. (laughs) I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Brooke, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I don't know when we'll get to me. I won't get to Baltimore. I am I am just going straight in a straight line to Gulf Shores. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I understand. Maybe I'll meet you down there then. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to spend a bit of time with Amy, uh, Amy Hynote, going to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit in New Orleans. That will be my right. first conference of, of the year. <laughs> well, we'll send a couple. We have a couple of teammates going, so we'll send them over your way. Oh, please do, please do. I'm doing a session on hypnosis. Oh, cool! Self hypnosis and using hypnotic language in your writing. So, because I, I used to be a hypnotist, I didn't know that. Wow, fun fact. Yes, <laughs> yes, fun fact. I can make you cluck like a chicken, and you'll never know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a little bit frightened right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just, you, you, you do this stuff therapeutically, but always at the back of your mind, you think, yeah, I could do this stage stuff. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you again, looking forward to the masterminds starting up again. And, um, I'm, I'm sure we will talk again very soon and, uh, and I'll make sure that uh, there's a link to Vintori and, and you at the end of the show notes. So anybody who wants to get in touch with you can do. Great. Thanks Heather. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Brooke Fouts of Vintori. That was, as ever, just, you know, really great chat, really great interview. I I think he nails it with just being in that one niche 
being in that one niche of owner acquisition, nothing else, just focusing on one thing. Because when you are really, really focusing on one thing, then you are able to commit to being excellent at that one thing and not trying to be super amazing at so many different things. Uh, it's, it's the one thing when I talked to Jane McCaw from Jane's Cottages the other week, you know, her niche is just super luxury cottages in the Ontario market and nothing else. And I'm sure she is approached by so many other people to get into her program and she turns them away because they're not luxury enough. So really important sticking with that niche and Brooke has made a fabulous job of it. So, uh, as I say, everything is on the show notes. You can go there and check out Brooke. Certainly, if you're interested in the services of Vintori, get in touch with him and, and he will go through it for you. It is all about outsourcing. It's about saying, okay, I'm not going to hire somebody and I'm, maybe I need to hire three or four people to do business development. Well, you don't need to hire a company that focuses just on that one thing for you and that will deliver your results. So thank you once again, Brooke. So that's it for uh, another week. Uh, Of course, if you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com and let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see coming up. And I'd love to hear from you. And of course, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on, because the more of these reviews we get, the more people find the podcast. And that's going to get me to the millionth download much quicker. We are way over 960,000 downloads now. So we're just on our last 40,000, which should be coming in the next few months. Um, we're trying to, we're, we're working on something for that millionth download when not sure that we'll be able to pinpoint exactly when that comes. And we certainly won't be able to say, you know, you downloaded the one millionth episode of the Vacation Rental Success podcast, but you know, you'll be in that ballpark if you download on that day. <laughs> So, uh, so we're working on something at the moment. Anyhow, uh, as I said, I'm all for packing up my RV and heading down south. So busy times ahead for me over the next uh, week or so before November the 8th. But I will, of course, make time to bring more podcasts to you. So keep listening. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.